Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with the double L team filling in for the M Factor while Mon is away, Lyle and Lawson. And of course coming up in today's show, as always, we have amazing stories to share with you, one of them being the Pope raising the legal age for marriage. You will be shocked when you hear what the current legal age is, and of course we're glad that he is raising it. Uh, That story, amongst other stories, as the Vatican convenes a conference this weekend to talk about child sex abuse in the Catholic Church. Now, if you are thinking, wait a minute, that already happened and that's already over, that's because you are listening to the delayed broadcast and you need to get with the times by going over to faithfm.com com.au pressing play and listening to the live show also coming up in today's stories we're going to be talking about a massive storm hitting the united states and of course these are all signs of the times record amounts of snow so much snow they have no idea what to do with it all piling up everywhere and when schools are being closed in minnesota and wisconsin because of the snow you know that is a lot of snow lawson's going to be bring us a story about a purifier that is so efficient it almost sounds like magic purify your water just by setting it in the sun if you want to know how that works then you're going to have to uh, stay tuned for lawson's segment there and of course for our interview today we have dr john anderson coming along coming on he is a speaker with with uh, Creation Ministries International, has a program that is happening on the Central Coast here in New South Wales this weekend, uh, if you want details about that, and he's going to be sharing his testimony of being an avowed scientific atheist for at least 15 years and how he came to Jesus Christ and his life was turned around and uh, um, and, and how he came to discover that the evidence in our natural world supports the biblical account. So that will be Dr. John Anderson from Creation Ministries International. We also have coming up in today's show, of course, our Encounter with God section. We're looking at the little book, In the Angel's Hand. What is that little book? Today we identify the little book and identify the message of the little book. All this and so much more. We know all this is happening because it has already happened. If you would like to listen to the live show, don't forget... You can use the TuneIn app, download the free version and run it through your car stereo, your headset, whatever you want to do, and it makes listening to the radio so much easier. Of course, you can always call us on 1-800-324-843 and find out how you can get your transmitter upgraded to have the live signal. Stay tuned, guys. We love your company in the mornings. We always look forward to it. Enjoy the show.
with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM. It is time for the first clue for the quiz of the day. Lawson, hit us with it. Okay, you ready? I am ready, ready to go. Ready to go. This is a Who Am I quiz. Okay. okay? Bring so, it on. So it's a person. And I was told not to let Joab's grey head go down to the ground in peace. Oh, and Lyle's already got it. So, yeah, piece of cake, piece of cake. Sorry, cake. You, there's no double prizes up for grabs today. But if you know who this is, give us a call 1-800-324-843. If you know who didn't let Joab's head go down in peace. If you are wise enough to know the answer. Uh, yep, if you are wise enough to know the answer, give us a call um, and you will get a prize. Okay, so Lawson, positive, little different news. Let's, uh, let's make our day, start our day with some happiness from around uh, yeah, the world. Yeah, some happiness. My favorite kind, of, I, I just love science and technology and renewable Bring energy, all the, Bring it on. all the good the good stuff. Um, check this out. Scientists from Yangzhou University in China have just made a, a small plasticky 2D material um, that purifies water of 99.9999% of bacteria. 99 point, how many nines was that? That was four nines. Four nines. So that's a lot of, that's a lot less bacteria. That's a lot less bacteria. Um, according to their, their test, the, their eco-friendly system was able to purify enough daily drinking water for four people in just under 30 minutes. So I could drink water purified by this that came out of the puddle in the middle of a cow pat? Yep. Lawson says yep. with great confidence. And, yep. and would you? And, and would you? Yep. I'm, that, I'm the <laughs> okay, kind of guy I would do because it. I, I would have do a, it. I have a life straw. Oh, yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. I might bring my life straw to work and a cow pat, pour water into it and watch you drink water out of it through the life straw, which does the same thing, probably nothing like as efficiently as this. Mm. And we'll put this to the test. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> Let's. I'm. I'm down. What did I, is that how the life straw actually works? Like you just drink it and goes in one side disgusting, yeah. comes out the other side not. That's 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 how it works. I've I've used it to drink out of rivers and so forth in developing countries, um, but never really disgusting things. Mm. These were clear flowing rivers. I should say, not okay. muddy, filthy rivers. These were rivers that didn't have pollution in them that was visible. 
True. Okay. These were these were parts of developing countries where people were so poor they didn't have plastic. Plastic didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So wow. Yeah. Well, check this out. Um, the system works by using sheets of graph graphitic carbon nitrate as a photocatalyst inside of a water container. So essentially sunlight hits this thing um, and electrons are released that bond with the oxygen and the water to create compounds that purge the water of that bacteria. Really? It's like the most gnarly thing ever. Like, this is insane. It's like... Because the life drawer is really hard to use. Yeah. I mean, you have to really draw hard on that thing to get any water through it. It is mm. hard, hard work to use. And that's the thing that I found frustrating about it. But this one, you just put it in the sun. Yeah. The, the, the biggest test that they've done so far, obviously they're not in any, uh, this is still in a science lab, um, is that they put a bunch of sheets of this in, in a 10 liter bag of water and it purified it in less than an hour. There you go. So, like, I think that in, in, in that, if, uh, if it's more sheets equals... More purification. So obviously, for more water. obviously, I'm thinking that um, it has to be in a glass bottle or a plastic bottle. The sunlight can go through. Obviously, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so really, what we should do then is um, we'll just manufacture glass um, drinking bottles. Yeah, that uh, we just pour water in an hour later. Just put have a little timer on the outside of it for when the water goes in, and then yeah. an hour later, it's like okay, it's good to drink. Good, That's good a go. seriously, seriously cool invention. I, I think the thing I find so cool about it is it's such a, like a great innovation, right? Um, and there's so much good that can be done with it. Like you oh, know, yeah. the the places where this can go, you know, if if, if funding gets behind it and humanitarian um, organizations like you know uh, the UNICEF and all these guys, if they get in behind it and start supplying people with this stuff, like it's it's huge. But man, this is still in a lab. It's like when I, when I was in a developing country one time and I p- picked up a uh, bug and it made me feel crook for you know a week or so and it wasn't going away and charcoal mm. wasn't touching it. You know the usual kind of thing. So I went to the doctor and. The doctor's like, yeah, this is what the bug is, and that's never going to go away without, you know, antibiotics. Um, And I'm like, well, what about the people who live in this country, you Mm. know? He's like, yeah, they just live with it for their entire life. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, I've been feeling off and lacking energy and so forth all week, and people live with this their entire life. Yeah. You know, imagine how you could trans- just change society mm. if uh, if they weren't living with it. And you, 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 you see in some of these developing countries that people don't seem to have a lot of energy, mm. and this is why. They're living with so much stuff that, you know, we don't have to live with. Yeah. That's just sucking the energy out of them. Mm. Yeah, rough gig. Um, something that they've found like this, because this is, you know, uh, research on what they're call, calling, um, they call it photocatalytic uh, water cleansers. Um, it's been going on for a while, and this new implementation with this carbon graphite um, has is five ti- has five times higher the rate of disinfecting as well as um, it's... I think it uses one-tenth of the catalyst consumption. So, they're, they're just getting better and better. And this is something awesome we're going to see in the future. Researchers are saying that um, they're, they're thinking about making, you know, conceptualizing some water containers where you pour the water in and say it's lined with this stuff and it just cleans it up like you were saying. So, yeah, man, Lyle, you should you should jump on the team and start spitballing the ideas. Like, I didn't even tell you that and you're already on top of it. But anyways. Yeah, absolutely, all over it. <coughs> 
In Faith FM has it all sorted out. We have the, the world's problem solved. Man, I remember you weren't here one time. It was me and Mon, and we were, t- they were talking about... Mon and I. Mon and, Mon and I. <laughs> Mon and I were here, and were, there was like some renewable energy competition, and me and Mon come up with this idea about how we got to attach like a, a bicycle to like some power source, and we'll just we'll just win at life and we're like man faith of him has all the answers but anyways we miss mon we do we do do. she was not able to join us this morning um i think uh exhaustion has kicked Mm, in fully fully but she's doing (coughs) such great work shout out mon keep doing what you're doing like you you know you, you get better and then give us a call another day but check this out this is a really feel good story um a power lifter by the name of Ryan Belcher lifted a car off of a man who had been trapped under it in a car crash. Oh, wow. This is really cool. So, the 29-year-old power lifter, he owns a, a gym in Michigan. Um, and he was just at his gym one day doing his thing when he heard a big crash outside. Um, he was like, oh, man, what's going on? He was like mid-workout. So, he, he ran outside and... Um, there was two cars that had collided um, and there was a guy trapped under one of the cars that had flipped upside down. Mm. It was like a Jeep Cherokee or something. So, like a big, you know, SUV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, and the guy's like, it's flipped upside down. The guy's pinned underneath it. He can't move. Um, and there were like four other guys who were there trying to lift it off him. Um, and they couldn't get it to go. They were struggling super hard. So this guy, yeah, Ryan Belcher, this power lifter who's just like an absolute gun, like world-level power lifter, he's just ginormous dude, just runs up and flips the thing off the guy. Just just <laughs> runs up, just flips it off him. Um, the dude at the time, I think he, he went into, you know, passed out and took took him to the hospital. And, and Ryan, met up, uh, Ryan met up with him later and but yeah now everyone's dubbing this guy the hulk because he's just like he's <laughs> just massive dude yeah, just how, how are you gonna feel awesome? you're there, like trying to get this car out of this guy and then this big guy just turns up like yeah no worries just moves it out of the way <laughs> it's just the coolest thing ever like that is very cool that's a great story i mean i just it wouldn't make me feel insecure at all <laughs> yeah you're like trying to save somebody you can't lift the Nothing's car happening. oh man but yeah it, it was cool um, well, praise god for powerlifters. you know it's it's a um it's a great sport to be involved in because it definitely makes the human body stronger uh, particularly if you do it the right way you know there's right ways and wrong ways of doing anything but uh, exercise is always important and you know Mm. being doing good things with our body and 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 uh improving our our physical health Mm. through exercise and so forth is a a great hobby to have 100 percent. it's like go run it is the and, best and thing. to be able to use it in a really practical way like that is just fantastic. This is the thing I had to say is because there's often this stigma like it's kind of true like gym muscle and practical muscle like being gym strong and practically yeah, yeah, yeah. strong. Oh, absolutely. Um, that a bunch of people are really good at doing exercises in the gym, but they can't really do anything. And I've seen it play out in real life. But this guy is using his big muscles for good. So, yeah. praise the Lord. There's always going to be a place for gym strength as well as aerobic strength. 100%. Um, yeah, either of them can be useful, but in different ways.
of souls for the sins of the world. That's why my Savior was slain. Won't you look to the old rugged cross? See Jesus. Say, 
Father, forgive me. I know that I'm lost. You'll be found at that old rugged cross. Just lay your burden at the foot of that. Listening to Josh Cunningham with the Old Rugged Cross here on Faith FM. We have another clue coming up for our quiz. Yes, and we do. An amazing prize for that. So get ready to give us a call. Yes. 1 800 324 843 is the number, or text us on 0491 with your answer. You can even, if you're feeling game, message us through one of our social medias. We'd find it a little bit more challenging to check that while we're talking. Than the other two But hey Just, but just hey. do it anyway Yeah Alright Here we go Who am I? Lawson uh, I am also <laughs> I am also known as Jedediah See if that Ooh. clue had come first I would not have got the answer You wouldn't have? No I would not So have. So he He was told not to let Jibes grey head Go down into the The ground in peace You just knew who that was Straight up Yeah, yeah absolutely But you didn't know his name Was Jedediah I didn't well, I'm sure I did at some stage, but um, at what stage? Um, too long ago to remember it now. <laughs> All right, if you know who this so is, we, I, am, I am not at that stage. I didn't know that at some stage. I'm not at that stage. Three, right now. two, four, eight, four, three. You will get a prize. The reason I know that because I've read the Bible a bunch of times, but you know, <laughs> it's a big book. You don't remember everything. All right, well. Okay, so here's um, uh, of course the big news coming out of the Vatican is the conference that they're having Uh this weekend, which is uh, fantastic to see the Catholic Church doing something um, serious about child sex abuse by Mm -hmm. the clergy, Mm -hmm. and hopefully out of this we won't just get words; we're going to get um, some concrete, um, actual, real things. Mm. The Pope has released a twenty-one point. Uh, discussion papers are 21 discussion points on the paper that he wants the leaders of the Catholic Church to discuss over this weekend and once again hopefully from that um, strong action is going to take place there's a couple of uh, points that, that sort of are worth highlighting in that discussion paper that do highlight the fact of um, yeah well they're, they're just interesting so one of the things is that he is proposing to raise the legal age at which you can get married what? Raise the legal age in which it... What, well, what is the legal age? Well, um, in the Roman Catholic Church, the legal age to get married is 14. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's that's pretty wild. Like, that's pretty wild. How, how can you... That's pretty illegal in most the, countries. The Catholic Church says, like, obviously you can't do it. What is it in Australia? Like, Well, see, the, basically, the, basically the way it is, if you're in a country where the legal age is 12, but if you're Roman Catholic, you can't get married until you're 14. Okay. Um, what's in Australia? 18, I think, is yeah. the legal age with a special exemption under the age of 18 mm-hmm. with, like, you know, lawyers and parents and so forth signing. Yeah. Um, I think that extends down to 16. Um, and so Francis is proposing to raise it from 14 to 16. Okay. I think that's positive. I think you should go further and raise it to 18. I think that's mm-hmm. the responsible thing to do and really does bring it in line with where society is at, you know, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, um, I do know that there are some countries and some cultures in which the legal age is 12. 
Yeah. Uh, but I do not think that that is appropriate. And if uh, the Catholic Church is the world's largest Christian denomination, you know, they need to, to set a standard here and they need mm. to set an example um, for those countries that do have those low legal ages for marriage. Um, child brides is, is something that we don't want to mm. see. Yeah, for sure. Another controversial point that he's raised, <coughs> which is one of those things that on the surface when you think about it, you think, yeah, no, that's fair. But it does not show a duty of care and it shows, um, I, I think Francis is, is somewhat out of touch with where we are in 2019 on this one. Mm-hmm. And that is that he wants to um, protect the names of priests who have been accused of misconduct um, until after a conviction has been mm-hmm. made. Now, I understand where he's coming from because he's saying these people have not been convicted, uh, therefore they should not be slandered because, you know, they can lose their entire ministry just from an accusation mm-hmm. uh, and that shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That's fair enough. That, that's, that's, that's reasonable to a point. The problem is a thing that we have called duty of care. Yeah. So in uh, in my church, in the Adventist church, if somebody has been accused of a uh, child-related um, issue mm-hmm. and it is going to go before the courts. So it's not just an accusation. It's not just, you know, Lawson comes along and is like, um, yeah, so-and-so down the road, I think, you know, da, 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 da. it's like, no. It's where Lawson has some evidence and it is enough evidence for it to go before the courts. Yeah. It could be 12... 24 months, whatever, before it actually goes before the courts. Mm-hmm. And during that time period, that person is, they are just, they have just been accused. Mm-hmm. The police believe there is enough evidence to take it to trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's nothing more than an accusation. There's every possibility that they may be feel found innocent. Mm. And there's every possibility that they are innocent. Um, Pope Francis is saying we should protect those people's names. Um, our church's view is that we should protect our children. Yeah, fully. And so just as, as an example, you know, in my time in ministry, there's been twice where there has been people who have either been, um, you know, past attenders of a church that I'm pastoring or, you know, living in the local region where I've been contacted. I've been told the names of this person and been told this person has a child-related offense that will go before the court's at some time in the future. Therefore, they are free to attend your church, but only under supervision. Mm -hmm. And they need to agree to a a supervision process in in order to be able to attend church. They Mm. they can't just come and go. And I think that is a much more practical approach because, you know, you could have somebody abusing children for two years just because it hasn't gone to court yet. Yeah. Uh, and because you're protecting their name, it's like, well, they haven't been accused yet, so this is, this is just not fair. Um, you, you can't name somebody when they, when, when they haven't been convicted, you know. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and, but we have a duty of care for our children, yeah, and I think that, that, that really trumps um, 100%. these other issues. Like, it's, you got to get your priorities straight, hey? And I think the Catholic Church, like, is always going to have an agenda, like, like anyone to now, protect what that themselves. Does, I should say this. What that does is it makes you and I vulnerable to accusations. Yeah. So in stating this, this is not something that I take lightly. 
Mm. Because, you know, we can have an accusation that is made and, you know, if somebody trumps up enough evidence from somewhere that the police actually get interested and decided to take it to court, then, you know, we're in strife. We're obviously out, Done. out of a job. But at the same time, like, I think, you know, it's nearly it's nearly fair. Like, someone had enough evidence there is, to take it to court. Yeah, and this is, the thing. this is the thing. <laughs> like, I think we do need to have a, uh, a level of trust in our police force and their investigative ability mm. so that if something is actually going to court, you know, they are reasonably convinced that yeah. this is this is something that um, that is, uh, is 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 a credible accusation. Yeah, fully. I, I I just it just makes me think back to because you know putting putting accusations in the public spotlight is actually a super harmful thing because no one knows what what is yes what is true. I, I remember a couple of years ago there was a guy on he was like a famous YouTube guy and he got accused of of you know some sexual crime um that actually had some evidence behind it and they started investigating but everyone found out about it and then all these girls started to come out and say oh he did this he did that but with no evidence at all Mm -hmm. and it just seemed like from you know if i if i be honest like you know we shouldn't blame victims and we shouldn't you know say oh what you're saying isn't true but at the same time like there was no evidence to what they were saying like people were literally making anonymous videos and and saying oh this guy did this like and this is the problem with these kinds of um, cases when it comes to sexual abuse very very few convictions are ever made because they're so hard to prove yeah one of the hardest things to prove because it comes down to he said she said and if it's he said she said that is not a case yeah it's pretty rough yeah. Anyway, one last story before we finish up. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota, the uh, um, United States Midwest, have just been smacked by a big storm. Oh, again. And in Wisconsin, they have the the deepest the deepest level of snow on record for the month of February ever since records have been kept, which goes back a long, 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 long way. Mm-hmm. And it's only the twenty second of February. <laughs> And they broke okay. the record yesterday on right. the 21st of February. So they have like a fair few days a to fair go. fair few days to go and the snow is still falling. Um, so far they've had 51 inches because in America they use inches. 51 inches? Yeah, that's only 1,300 millimetres, right? Oh, my <laughs> And of word. course another 250 millimetres falling overnight, uh, which has cancelled 2,200 flights um, across that part of the United States and another 5,500 delayed. So interesting things happening in... In our world, this is Carly Fletcher with Nothing in This World.
back, guys. That was Carly Fletcher, Nothing in This World. And before we go to our interview of the day with Dr. Dr. John Anderson, Lawson, you got another uh, another clue for yep, our quiz? I do. So we know this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Jedediah. We know this guy didn't let Joab's grey head get out of the ground in peace. But who he, am I? He also married the Pharaoh's daughter. Okay. Son in law to Pharaoh, who might that be? If you know the answer to the quiz, 1 800 324 843 is the number to call. By the way, it wasn't the only wife that he had, but anyway. Yeah. No, and, and, and another, we'll get to that. Another story we'll get to for that. another time. Um, joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. John Anderson, who is a speaker with Creation Ministries International. Uh, Dr. John Anderson, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, Lyle. Thank you for having me. Now, John, uh, this is the first time we've had you on Faith FM, so uh, super excited to uh, have you on the show this morning. I'm just wondering whether you can tell us a little bit about yourself um, and, uh, yeah, really, I guess, how you came to God and then, of course, how you came to be involved in uh, science. Yes, well, look, uh, I'm uh, I'm a medical doctor. I'm a retired uh, general practitioner, and uh, I really uh, I did actually have a a Christian upbringing. I I went to uh, Catholic schools all my life, but uh, by the time I got to university, I uh, I was able to get rid of uh, any belief that I had. uh, You know, partly due to what I was taught in the uh, medical course in uh, Melbourne, and. And I became progressively an agnostic and then uh, an atheist, and I was that way for about 15 years. And uh, by a miraculous chain of events, I, uh, I uh, then became a Christian. Uh, I had forgotten the Lord, but he hadn't forgotten me. And uh, I will be talking about that in uh, the talk that I do on Sunday morning at uh, the uh, church in Arimba. I'm, I'm speaking at Harvest Church on Sunday morning at uh, the Arimba Public School, uh, just opposite Arimba Station. Fantastic. Now, um, that whole experience of coming to God, you, you mentioned that was a miraculous experience. Um, how did God reach out to you? Well, it, uh, it it really came through my wife. <laughs> I'm sure that's the case for a lot of men. But uh, my wife hadn't been a believer either uh, when we were married, and uh, uh, she became a Christian uh, some years later through the witness of her sister. And uh, I then had to uh, live with that. Um, my uh, I wasn't really phased by it because I uh, I had, as far as I was concerned, I'd been there, I'd done that, I'd uh, rejected it all, and uh, uh, my attitude of course was the typical male attitude that uh, women need this crutch and uh, we men don't uh, we're much tougher and we can handle stress much more easily of course than the uh, the women can you know the typical uh, male chauvinistic attitude and uh, it was only really because the uh, the men in the fellowship that uh, she was attending and uh, that was in England we were living there uh, I was in the Navy as a medical officer and I'd been posted to the UK for three years and uh, the men in the uh, fellowship decided to reach out to all the non-believing husbands, and there were plenty of them, and uh, uh, I was one of those, and uh, they showed a, a film on the resurrection, and as a result of that, uh, I became a believer and uh, had really a, a dramatic conversion. Uh, I won't say it was akin to Paul on the Damascus Road, but it was something along those lines. Wow, praise God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful, wasn't it? And uh, then, of course, I, I had to try and reconcile what I could see the uh, the Bible was saying 
with uh, what I had been taught about all the millions and billions of years and uh, evolution and so on. And eventually I was given a copy of a book called The Genesis Flood. It's a, a, a really uh, amazing book. It was written back in the 1960s, but it was—I uh, I think it was one of the uh, the turning points in Christianity because it did explain that all the uh, the scientific evidence that we uh, see around the world, uh, particularly the geological evidence, can be perfectly well explained by Noah's flood, and that really opened my eyes. And I know that it uh, it opened the eyes of uh, many many. Christians who had a science background because it was probably the book that caused most of the uh, creation type ministries throughout the world to commence because when the uh, the, the scientific based Christians uh, had a close look at what the world was saying, they could see the, uh, the flimsiness, flimsiness of the uh, evidence on which it was based and when you look at it you can see that uh, uh, what scientific opinion bases itself on, not true science mind you, true science is uh, uh, a wonderful uh, blessing to uh, mankind and true science always agrees with the Bible but scientific speculation and opinion certainly doesn't and uh, when the, uh, the Christians had a good look at what the scientists were saying, uh, particularly about historical science they could see that it really didn't uh, stand up to scrutiny and yet when you compare that uh, same scientific evidence with what the Bible says about uh, Noah's flood and the way it reshaped our world, then it's very, very clear that uh, the biblical history is uh, absolutely true. Yeah, fantastic. Now, John, just a couple of questions on that. Uh, when you've gone from becoming a Christian to you read this book about the Genesis flood and suddenly you realize that you know the evidence is pointing towards the Bible story, um, how long of a period was there, and did you was this something that was a major struggle in your life during that period? For instance, after you've become a Christian, and up until you find that you know there is solid science behind uh, the concept of a creator God. Well, no, no there, there wasn't a, uh, a struggle because I'd, I'd read that book and uh, shortly after that we returned to Australia and uh, at the church I was attending, somebody uh, said to me, look, uh, have you heard about this creation magazine that's about to uh, start up? And that was uh, what we now know as Creation Magazine. And uh, I've been subscribing to it since issue number one back in <laughs> 1978. And so uh, I have read every issue of Creation Magazine. So you, uh, the Lord you, really gave me the, uh, the, the information that I uh, required right from the very beginning. Did, did you collect them, John? Do you have a collection from issue number one? I, I do. I do in my library. I have every back issue. Oh, that's fantastic! That's awesome. Now, uh, um, when you when you first read the the book on the Genesis um, flood and realised that there was a scientific basis for us, was this something that really surprised you at that time, or were you expecting to find? evidence for the Bible? No, no I, I uh, well, I suppose I, uh, I could say it surprised me because initially what I had done, had, uh, I had asked all the, uh, the men in my wife's uh, fellowship uh, how to reconcile what was obvious to me. I mean, it was obvious to me that the, uh, the book of Genesis was talking about a, a young earth. And uh, I couldn't reconcile that with all the millions and billions of years that I'd been taught. Uh, 
And when I asked the uh, the other Christians, they uh, they gave me answers that I now know. I, I didn't at the time, but I now know things like the gap theory, or uh, what they call theistic evolution, or the day age theory, or any of these uh, other explanations that tries to fit in the millions and billions of years with the Bible. And I could see as a, a former atheist that that just didn't make sense. You couldn't possibly reconcile that with the Bible. And that's when I was given the book. And of course, the book says, yes, it's, uh, it's very obvious when you look at uh, geological evidence that it fits perfectly with the story about Noah's flood. So really, uh, right from the very beginning, the Lord gave me the information that I really needed and that was perplexing me. So uh, I, I can only be uh, absolutely grateful for that. That was yeah. a, a fantastic thing. Praise God. John, you've got, uh, you're a regular speaker with Creation Ministries International and you are speaking at the Arimba Harvest Church uh, this Sunday. Um, what are you going to be speaking on? Can you give us some, uh, a bit of a sneak preview into this Sunday subject? Yes, well, look, uh, uh, what I'm going to be doing, I will, be, of course, be uh, giving my uh, my testimony in a little bit uh, more detail, but I will be looking at a lot of the uh, evidence, that uh, the scientific evidence, that shows that it completely supports biblical history. And uh, I have to emphasize, though, that uh, we don't believe the Bible because of the scientific evidence. We believe it because of its claim to be the Word of God. And uh, we believe it because it contains the uh, the history of uh, Jesus, who was uh, God in the flesh. It gives the history of his life, his death, and his resurrection. And, of course, he himself endorsed the, uh, the biblical history. He went back to Genesis on many occasions, and uh, he very frequently... Uh, uh, countered his uh, religious critics by saying, you don't believe the scriptures, you don't believe the word of God. So he clearly believed it in its entirety. And uh, so uh, when he endorses it, and when uh, all the uh, the New Testament biblical writers uh, endorse it, then uh, we have to say that biblical history is uh, is clearly true. Yes, and then that- we have a look at... Sorry. Then we have a look at the scientific evidence and we see that it completely accords with the uh, biblical history when you look at it very, very cl- uh, closely. Yeah, I, it's, it seems to be an incredibly difficult position to, to stand up and say, you know, I believe in Jesus and then Jesus says, I believe in you know, Genesis and then uh, you know, quotes from Genesis and points people to Genesis and the, and the books of Moses. Um, how, do you, yes. how, how can a person believe in Jesus and then disbelieve what Jesus says about Moses and the books that Moses wrote. Well, quite frankly, Lyle, I can't understand how they can. But the problem is, you see, uh, they have been so brainwashed by this constant repetition of millions and billions of years and evolution. And when you repeat a lie often enough, it really gets embedded in your uh, your thinking. And so when we come along at Creation Ministries and say, look, the, uh, the Earth is only a matter of thousands of years old, it's not millions and billions, the evidence absolutely supports that, and the evidence is clear that we could not possibly have evolved from uh, any common ancestor with apes or whatever, that the Bible clearly talks about uh, a specific creation of humanity, then people sometimes have a little bit of uh, difficulty hoisting that in because they've been so brainwashed in the other way. And, of course, part of the problem for Christians with their witness 
is if you're a bit wishy-washy and you're not really sure of the foundations on which you stand, you're not really very good as a, uh, as a witness because when you're challenged, uh, you tend to fold and you then to tr- try to find some compromise explanation. Well, compromise explanations won't wash with the world. They, they can easily see that uh, that is a compromise. And uh, and so they uh, they then dismiss you. So uh, it really is essential for Christians to be thoroughly grounded in the truth of what the uh, biblical history is. And we find that uh, when Christians attend our talks and they uh, they have the lights turned on, as it were, that uh, really uh, they have been uh, sold uh, something very very different by the world, but the Bible is uh, absolutely true and verifiable. When the lights go on, they are amazingly uh, comforted in their own faith, and then they feel free to uh, go and witness to their neighbours because they are sure of the ground on which they stand. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. John Anderson, last week we had uh, Dr. John Ashton on here, and he was mentioning a groundswell of scientists from around the world who were coming to the conclusion that evolution is impossible. Is this um, something that you've been seeing as well? Oh, look, uh, there is no doubt that, uh, and uh, I know John Ashton quite well, and uh, I I believe he's absolutely right that there is a a groundswell of uh, real scientists who uh, can see that evolution is impossible. And when you think about it, you've only got to look at, uh, and I'm going to be talking a bit about DNA as well in, in this talk on Sunday. When you look at DNA, you can see that it is a program. It is a program of the most amazing magnitude and uh, complexity. Uh, no human uh, programmer has ever written a computer, uh, computer program remotely like uh, the complexity of, uh, of DNA. And it is just impossible for programs to evolve. You know, no, uh, no computer program has ever uh, written itself by trial and error. It's had an intelligent programmer behind it. And when you have a look at the complexity of the uh, the DNA program, you can see that it's only the uh, the greatest intelligence, even outside the universe, that could have written it. It's just amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic, and I I think that um, there's going to be some just some sensational uh, a sensational presentation that you're going to be making there. Now, just going through those details again, um, Dr. John Anderson, you're going to be speaking at the Arimba Harvest Church on the central coast of New South Wales this Sunday. Uh, what time? That- yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's ten o'clock. It's uh, almost opposite Arimba Station. I'm uh, I'm really really looking forward to it because I'm a uh, I'm actually a local. I live on the Central Coast, so uh, it's only up the road for me. So uh, uh, that's is, going to be uh, very exciting. This is an easy one for you, Dr. John Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Thank you, Lyle. It's been a great pleasure and a thrill. And uh, we'll hopefully have uh, Dr. John Anderson back again uh, to share more information with us in the future. But right now we're moving on with Andrew Peterson with He Is Worthy. You're listening to Faith FM.
part of camping caravanning scene. Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 02-4994-3220 or simply email raynomads at adventist.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. 